trust that you'll be inspired, uplifted, and encouraged as we look into God's Word together. to Psalm 1 and as I was reading it through and this is what I typically like to do before I start actually writing anything down or even making my own notes is I read this the verse or the passage through often in a couple of different translations because different people who wrote had different insights and perspectives and they use different words and it all sort of elaborates and builds and helps to get a full picture of it and then I always love to dig in and do a little bit of word study and that also opens the passage up more. So we're going to do that together. But as I was going through um, Psalm 1, four words stood out to me. So this is what we're going to title today's uh, word. Positioned, provisioned, protected and prosperous. <laughs> so it's positioned, provisioned, protected and prosperous and in a way I feel like there's the middle part of um, Psalm 1 which talks about the tree planted by streams of water and we just have this incredible picture and the verses before that kind of lead into that and build into that place and then the verses after it also give perspective on that as well so we're going to start out and I realized as I um, started uh, studying this and the Lord started speaking to my heart that actually we could preach an entire sermon series on the very first word of the, <laughs> the psalm, <laughs> blessed. And so we are going to speak about that. But before we get into it, I want to um, just read all six verses through to you. So it reads, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like the chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. So a beautiful picture that's painted of the righteous person and it says, blessed is the one. So right there we should know this is for everyone who listens to this, who reads this. It's addressed actually to anyone who has a heart after God. This is not addressed to men to women it's addressed to men women young and old black and white every culture every shape <laughs> all diversity of people that the lord put on the earth <clears throat> god wants all of us to know and to understand his blessing and to know and to understand his ways so let me speak about that word blessed to start out with we all understand that to be blessed is certainly a good thing and certainly far preferential to the other options. <laughs> but what does it mean? Well, to be blessed is not just a state of mind, it's a state of being. And that's what the psalm begins to unpack. 
What is the type of person? What do they look like? What do they sound like? Where do they sit? Where do they stand? Where do they walk? What is their attitude? What are the actions they take? What are their habits? What is their lifestyle? So those are the things that give us insight into the type of person who enjoys this blessing. It's a state of being. So the blessing is not something that starts in our emotions. But it's something that is received into our spirit by faith and then flows through the rest of our lives by faith. It's easy, you know, when people say to you, Hey, Rickus, hi, Ryan, hi, David, hi, Erna, hey, how are you doing? You know, it's easy for all of us to go into our feelings. Well, how do I feel today? You know, did I have, did I have enough sleep? Uh, did I have a breakfast that was good? Was I rushed this morning? Do I feel stressed going into the day? How do I feel about the proximity of month end? <laughs> you know? No, this is not what this word blessed is talking about. Because if us being blessed was contingent upon all the circumstances of life, then our blessing would fluctuate at any given time on any given day. This is a far greater blessing that God has in store for us. So it's a blessing that we receive by faith and that we continue to live out in our lives and to experience by faith. So let me say this. Faith is both the connection and the conduit for the life of God that is the blessed life. So I've used this example many times in the past to describe uh, how faith works in our lives. But many times in our lives we can feel frustrated and we don't quite understand why we don't feel like we are seeing the fullness of the blessing of God in our lives or walking in the fullness of God. And if I give you the example of a power tool, excuse me, but I'm a carpenter, so this is what I relate to. So let's just say we have a drill. And this is not a cordless drill. It's got to be plugged into a socket. Now that drill can be perfectly designed, perfectly manufactured, free of flaws, no defects, looks incredible, it's got the right bits, it's just waiting to be used. But that drill is completely useless until it's plugged into an electrical socket and the switch is flipped on and all of a sudden then it has the potential to release the energy inside it and when you pull the trigger that drill can be used to do something uh, really cool and begin to create something and we can be like that in our spirit man as well God has designed and created us perfectly to connect with him but it still takes an act of our will it still takes us directing our eyes our focus and our attention off other things which is what Psalm 1 is talking about and choosing where to put our affections, choosing where to put our focus. And when we do, and we begin to connect with God through prayer, through worship, through focusing on the truth of His Word, then the blessing and the life of God that was there all along, it's not that it wasn't there, but it begins to flow through us. So faith is that connection point. Guys, to walk in the blessing, we have to activate our faith. Do you know that you have faith, regardless of how you feel about your faith as you sit here today? 
If I had to say to you, hey, how's your faith doing? I'm gonna, I know I'm going to get a variety of responses. And that's not because I'm saying anything good or bad about you. It's because I know myself and also because I've read what the Word has to say about it. <laughs> because faith is not based upon our feelings. The faith that we have is God-given. If God didn't give us the faith in the first place, we would not be able to connect with Him. God is the one who makes it possible. And so each of us have, a, Scripture says, a measure of faith. And that's another whole sermon on its own that I get excited about and like, love to preach on. Uh, suffice to say, don't look down on your faith because in God's kingdoms, small things are really, really powerful. <laughs> so don't worry about whether you have enough. You have enough. What we need to learn to do is to use the faith that we've already been given. <laughs> Can I get an amen? <laughs> okay, great. Preaching myself happy over here. <laughs> Alright, so here's the next point I'd like to make. The blessing of God doesn't come through information, it comes through transformation. Amen. Let me say that again so I can sing it. The blessing of God doesn't come through information, it comes through transformation. Now, for sure, faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. So, yes, we have to hear. But that on its own is not enough. Because if it was everyone that Jesus spoke to would have produced the same amount of harvest or fruitfulness. And clearly, that didn't happen. If you look at um, Mark chapter 4, the sow and the seed in the passage, and the different amounts of fruitfulness or lack thereof. If you look at John 15, where um, the word talks about abiding in the vine, clearly there is a difference. You know? So, it's what it boils down to is the response of our hearts and our willingness to set other things aside and to make God the priority in our lives. Let me come back to that word blessed again. I'd like to read for you just that first phrase of Psalm 1-1 from the Amplified. It says, blessed in brackets, fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God. Fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God. Well, to whom has the favor of God been given? Well, I always love to go back to that foundational passage in John 3.16. For God so loved who? The world. God has freely bestowed His favor on the world by sending Jesus to express the love of God for anyone and everyone that will respond to it. So to do a little bit of a word study on that word blessed, that same word obviously appears many other places throughout the Bible and so I started looking at um, them and again we could just do a whole preach just on that but I'm going to look at the two following passages in the Psalms where that same word blessed is used. So the first of the two is Psalm 2 and verse 12. It says, Blessed are all those who put their trust in Him. Put their trust in Him. That word trust means to confide in. So you know that you confide in someone that you um, feel safe with, that you enjoy spending time with. You confide in someone because you value their time, 
you value what they have to say to you. So it describes a close, intimate relationship. I'm not just going to go confide in any old person that I meet. Even if I meet them and we hit it off and they seem like a nice person. No, I want to walk a road with that person and get to know them and that trust, you know, then grows and is developed over time. So, blessed are those who confide in the Lord. And it's describing a close and intimate relationship with the Lord. Generally, we confide in people that we know well because we spent a lot of time with them. And as we spend more and more time with the Lord, and it's going to enable us to open up our heart to the Lord. And guess what? As we do that, God opens up His heart more and more to us as well. The next meaning of that word trust is to hope in. If you put your trust in someone, well, you have a reasonable hope that you're going to get something good out of that relationship. And I'd love to preach again on uh, biblical hope. And, um, but suffice to say that hope has got everything to do with focus and with vision. If you're not feeling hopeful, it's because of where your focus is on and where your vision is. If you start changing your focus and your vision, hope will become rekindled in your hearts if you begin to focus on God's word and God's truth, of course. So blessed are those who put their hope in God. In other words, you have a vision for your life based upon the word of God. As we begin to read God's word and we begin to hear from God for ourselves and we begin to record those things, we develop an inner picture of what God has for us. And that inner picture gives us hope. And that brings a blessing into our lives. The next part of that definition is to make a refuge. You see, when our hope is in God, it becomes, according to the Bible and in the Psalms especially, as a strong tower or a refuge or a fortress because we become so established in God's vision for us and what God, God's Word says about us and the authority of God's Word that when other things that are contrary to that come against us, we're like, nah, you're not coming in. I'm not going to listen to that. I'm not going to allow that into my heart. And that's not going to become established in my thinking. That's not what God's Word says. It becomes like a fortress that protects us. So there's part of the protection parts that I mentioned at the outset. <clears throat> the next part of that word trust speaks on reliance on the character, ability, strength and truth of God. We trust in God because we know His character. When you know the character and nature of God, then it's easy to open your heart to Him and to invite His daily participation in your life because you know He is good. Likewise, the opposite is true. How many times have I spoken to people who have become offended with God or disappointed with God? And what happens? That disappointment and that offense erodes their hope 
and their trust in God and what happens? They begin to have a separation that occurs in their relationship with God. So, when we know God's ability and His strength, it builds our confidence and our hope in Him. Blessed are those whose trust is in the Lord. The next passage that uses that word blessed is Psalm 32, and I'm going to read verse 1 and 2. It says, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. So, the blessing of God starts with us personally knowing the mercy, forgiveness, love, and saving grace of Jesus. That's where the blessing starts. When we accept God into our life, into our, our hearts, we accept His love and understand that we are forgiven, that we are set free. It brings us into a place of peace. And how many of you would agree that when you truly know peace, that is a very blessed place to be in? How many people in the world struggle constantly with fear and anxiety and many, many stresses and they don't feel blessed at all. They feel chased. <laughs> they feel stretched. They feel worn out. But when we know God's love and forgiveness, it brings us into a place of peace and blessing. So what are some of the things that would hinder or even stop us from experiencing that blessing judgment towards self when we live with guilt and condemnation it separates us from the peace and the blessing of God judgment towards God blaming God disappointment in God offense with God is going to separate us from that peace and from the blessing of God Living with guilt and shame, which come from habitual sin. Unforgiveness toward others. Living in fear. These are all the things that would seek to break our connection with God and would cause us to lose our peace and certainly not to walk in the fullness of the blessing that God has for us. God wants us to walk in His blessing and His peace. Again, how? Through faith. So Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 and 8 speaks about this. It says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come He might show us the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. 
So we're still getting to the middle of the psalm where it begins to talk about that tree planted by streams of living water. And of course that has to do with position. But can you see the positioning over here in this passage in Ephesians 2 as well? Where it says that God raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Spiritually speaking, we are in Christ Jesus. Someone once said, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We are heavenly citizens. And we're here for a time. But we have the love of God that surrounds us, that strengthens us. And because of His mercy and His love and forgiveness, we know that we are accepted into the family of God. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. There's a beautiful old song that says, The cross behind me. And when we look at our past, we all have regrets. We've all made mistakes. But do you know that when you look at your past, you shouldn't see guilt and condemnation and shame. When you look back, you should say, see the day that you met Jesus. Because the day that each of us came to know Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, our lives were changed and transformed for all eternity. Our spirit man became alive to God. Sometimes as Christians we forget the miracle that happened in that moment. You know, in that moment we realized there was nothing we could do to save ourselves. We needed God. We needed Jesus. We needed His love. We needed His forgiveness. But as we go on in our Christian lives and we try to be better and to do better, we can easily slip into a works program and forget that it was the grace of God all along, you know, that caused us to be saved. We were saved by grace and we have to continue to live by grace if we are going to walk in freedom. So today we're going to end there. I did warn you when I started that uh, it would take a long time to get through the first word of, <laughs> of Psalm 1. But I think for us to learn to live in the blessing of God and to know the blessing of God, there's got to be something substantial to it. It can't just be, you know, oh, blessed is the one and isn't that nice and hey, I'd be great if that was me. But in order for us to live in it and walk in it, we have to have an understanding of how the blessing of God works. So my hope for you today is as we read that and as we dug into the various words around that, that uh, you've come to a greater understanding of it and you've begun to get excited because I want to end by saying this, God's plan for you was all along for you to live and to walk in His blessing. That's what God wants for you and I. God doesn't want us stressed out and barely making it and struggling. God's blessing is bigger and stronger and greater than all those things. Yes, there are struggles in life. But Jesus' love for us is greater than all those things. And despite all those things, we can and should live in the blessing of God. Amen. Of the nations
again. For more information about who we are and where we meet, find us at redeeminghopechurch.co.za or on Instagram or Facebook. We'd love to meet with you in person.